Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show, Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight (laughs) is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe. So come join us. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every Thursday and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash twoblackgirlswomenx. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to the Quick Stop Formula One podcast. My name is Nasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. And joining me to discuss the Bahrain Grand Prix is co-founder and co-host Tandy. How are you today? I'm good, Nasha. How are you? Um, mate, you know me. Okay. <laughs> you know me. When Hamilton does what he does, okay. I'm going to be That's just very so happy right now, guys. For anybody who's not watching on YouTube, this guy has a smile on his face. <laughs> uh, look, mate, I am uh, I'm ready to talk. This is why I started a Formula One podcast, because I was like, I need to start one before Hamilton retires, because okay. I need to talk my shit, okay? <laughs> I need to talk my shit, and I'm going to do that today. Um, but how did you enjoy the race? I absolutely loved it. Um, it was very exhilarating. Watched it with my family. I was screaming at the TV. Last five laps. Oh my goodness. And we've got so much to unpack, you guys. We've got a lot to we unpack. We do. We do. And helping us to unpack that today. I we have. <laughs> yes. We have Mr. Peter what on pole. Peter. I, I said that the wrong way around. I was supposed to say Peter from Peter on pole, but I said Peter on pole. Peter, there you go. Mate, how I'm still, how like, are you, recovering bro? from that race? I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how Lewis did it, but fair play to the guy, man. This is why he's the seven-time world champion. But yeah, no, I'm good. I'm pumped. Glad to be here as well. Thank you for having me. No, no worries. Thank you for joining us. So let's let's break down this race. And by the way, thank you to everyone who listened to our previous podcast, yeah. our first podcast. We really appreciate all the kind comments. If you're watching on YouTube, drop us a like and a subscribe. And if you're listening to this on your Monday commute or after, uh, no one's commuting anywhere, are they? I just remembered. No, uh, if you're listening to us, <laughs> make sure you're sharing it. Let people know about us. We appreciate it so much. But let's get into the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, and guys, Mm. from the start uh i'm gonna go to peter from the start you know we've got max verstappen on pole lewis hamilton just behind him on second um what were your thoughts kind of going into the race after qualifying what, <coughs> you know what? i was thinking you know what thank god we've got a title challenge it looks like it anyway red bull look like they've been decent since testing and then again you know in the race you know with qualifying that's when i thought oh my god i gotta believe this um when the race kicked off and mm-hmm. Max still held position, I thought, flipping hell, man. Look, because Lewis is no joke at the start. You know, that is a guy you, you don't want to be in front of, just in front of anyway. So to see him, <laughs> you know, to see him hold it up, yeah. I thought, that's brilliant. And then 
of course, Nikita has to throw things in, throw things up in the air again. So it was a bit of a weird, it was a weird start. <laughs> yeah, it it was a very weird start. And Tandy, I know that you're, you are, you know, if not president, definitely vice of the Nikita <laughs> Mazepin. <laughs> not a fan club um so i'd I'd love to know your thoughts as we watched him spin for what i think was the fourth time this weekend does this man he literally just he's just here for a good time not a long time really with mazapin i think at this point it's it's just the thing that he he's getting paid to do it now so he's just doing it but that guy's he can't drive i'd like to see his driving credentials because what is going on you didn't we we kind of made jokes about it and thought, you know, he'll come in and he'll kind of do at least a few laps, but I did not expect him to leave that early. I didn't expect that. Come on. No. I mean, Peter, there was uh, there was literally, um, uh, there was a round robin on Twitter uh, about when is he going to spin off? Yeah. Which lap? You know? Yeah. Um, did you think it was going to be lap one? And I guess, what you know, what are your thoughts on... On Nikita, and you know, obviously there's there's a lot of a lot of talk around him, and maybe look, this is this is kind of affecting his driving. But I guess does this? What are your views on I guess paid drivers, and and I guess what Nikita Mazepin represents? You know, what? it's, it's one, one of those where I don't think he's a good driver, and um, as you're saying, he's here for a good time. But the thing is, I think he'll be here for a while because obviously his dad has put a, a shed load of money into that Haas team. And it's all about next year and the year after that sort of thing. So he'll be here for a while, unfortunately. Um, the talent, I don't, I don't necessarily see it. And, you know, even just the way he spun, it was his mistake, if that makes sense. I think, um, on commentary, the, yeah, commentary oh, was saying is. that as he's turned out, he's hit the throttle too early. Now you don't need to be a Formula One driver to know that's not what you're supposed to be doing this early on in the race. And I don't know how many turns he even made, how many corners he made, maybe turn one, two or three he might have gone out. So. Was it? It might have even been earlier than that. So it's. I don't. I don't really. I haven't got time for the guy. But at the end of the day, he's going to be here. Um, and I think the thing for, for me is, you know, and I think for everybody, if he was a bit more more remorseful and it came out with an apology and just said, look, you know, I made a mistake, and he just sort of aired it all out. Over time, we'll get over it. And it's one of those things where it's the fact that it's just he's very nonchalant about it. He's not a good driver. He's a paid driver. So there's more things that I added on top. It's a bit like, you know, we don't necessarily, nobody hates Lance Stroll, do they? Unless you guys do. But it's just, again, one of those where Stroll's just, he's okay, he's all right, you know, but he's just too inconsistent. So if we can't, if we're not that bad on Stroll, then Mm. Nikita could, there could be some saving grace, but it doesn't look like we're going to see it at all. But yeah, paid drivers as a whole, it's it's terrible for the sport. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it it really is. Sorry, Tandy, did you have anything to say there? Yeah, I um, I think with Mazapin, Tandy's conspiracy of the week. <laughs> I do love a good conspiracy. Um, I think with Mazapin, he is bringing in that Russian money, and as you said, you know that's he's going to be here for a long time. And maybe with Stroll, at least with Stroll, he's got some personality about him that we actually quite like with Nikita Mazepin so much stuff has come up out about him and all the stuff he's kind of done which are quite controversial I think he's just possibly the most hated person in Formula One at the moment um so his press is pretty bad but as you said he's bringing in that Russian money so we will have him there for a very long time yeah I mean and look 
not that I want to throw him any bail, you know, Mick, I think spun a few laps later. Um, mm. That Haas car is obviously, you know, a very horrible car to drive. I think, you know, we've heard Magnussen say before, it's one of the worst experiences he had in a Formula One car at one point. And, you know, these were two very experienced drivers in Grosjean and, and Magnussen. And, you, you know, I think on the last pod I said, there's a reason why uh, these two were kept on last season because the car was so bad to drive. Um, and I guess we're seeing now, you know, just how difficult that car is. And, you know, like we said, uh, Peter, hopefully that car and the investment that, you know, Mazepin uh, and his sponsors, what his dad is putting in, um, comes to fruition next year. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's going to be a long season and, you know, it's not going to, the only way he's going to help his reputation is by being able to put in good performances. And he's looking like he's going to be the slowest guy on the grid if he can complete some laps which he you exactly. know he and it's has. it's like poor shoe at the same time because you want him to do well you really do and he's just got such a <laughs> shit teammate really got a teammate. so i don't really have much hope for him but to be you honest. know you bring up a good issue no. <clears throat> sorry excuse me you bring up a good issue about the whole pace drivers thing because i don't know what if it was if it was um sky sports or i can't remember who put it out but they literally said yesterday that for somebody to be in go-kart now, it might have even been Lewis, but for somebody to go into go-kart now, it's going to cost you 200 grand a year. Now, that for me smells already. Like, there's a big, big problem. And we shouldn't be, like, Formula 1 shouldn't be subjected yeah. to talent yeah. and money. It should be subjected to just raw talent. Now, I know it's yeah. hard to get into the professional sports of any kind, right? But... You know, with football, at least it's one of those that you play for your local team. You go for the academy. It's not. It's not costing you an arm and a leg, sort of yeah. thing. But when you just sort of hear what kind of money these drivers are having to, or the parents, let's say, of the drivers are having to fork out, it's it's a joke. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how we're still allowing it right to this day. Yeah. No, and and hopefully this is something that. Lewis's um, diversity panel can kind of look into. I know it's a, a lot of it's going to be behind the scenes as well, but the barriers to entry for Formula One are extortionate. Um, yeah. And until that's addressed, you're never going to see, you know, well, you'll hardly see. Lewis Hamilton is the irregular occurrence for a British driver to be a working class kid to come through and become a Formula One driver and stay in Formula One. Um, you know, it's very difficult. So we'll see. We'll see. But moving on from Mazepin and, and, and I guess that issue, moving on to the race. So like you said, Peter, Max kind of checks out in front um, and then we get the first Mercedes pit stop and they they go for the undercut. Um, what were your thoughts at this point in the race? Uh, do you know what? It was one of those... <sighs> Red Bull didn't really, they were sort of handicapped in a way because if if they made the first move, then you would have argued, you know, why did Max go in early? He's in the front. The gap wasn't going any lower. You know, Lewis was the one that was more or less complaining. Yeah. Um, and so you would have thought, you know what, he actually had his own race and he was fine. When Mercedes did come into the pits, do you know I, what I was thinking then is um, keep Max out there as long as possible. Do not pit him anytime soon. I know the, the, the lap times were going lower and lower, but I felt like, you know, the race is still on because it was early. What was it? Lap 12, 13 that Mercedes went in and I thought, 
you know, I, I thought it was, it was yeah. bloody, yeah, it was, it was, teams, it was really yeah. early in the race. Yeah. So for me, it was like the race ain't over. But the way commentary put it, the way like sort of Max was moaning about the car at the time as well, it was a bit like everyone stopped panicking. Just cool, because Mercedes are great at this; they do not panic, even in adversity. Maybe Lewis might lose his head a bit, but the you know the, t- the technical team, the strategists, they know what they're doing. They see the long game, and. It was it was so annoying to see everybody sort of panic. Yeah. You know, I'm a Lewis fan. Don't get me wrong, but obviously for the sake of the sport and competition, for me it was a case of yes. Red Bull are still in pole position for this. They've still got the because Perez, by the way, even though he had a mare of a start, he was piling through that crowd. So it was one of those where I thought, you know what, just hold fire. Don't panic. Don't be triggered by what Mercedes do. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was an early call for for Mercedes, and at that point, Tandy, did you think that did you think that Mercedes had done, had done it, had gone too early, or did no. you kind of have faith in in, no, in I the strategy? Mercedes, I actually do always have faith in Mercedes. Um, so when I saw a lot of chat on Twitter of people going, "Oh, they're done out," I was thinking, "Guys, relax. It's very early. It's very early. Mercedes always pull it out of the bag." So I, I do always have faith in Mercedes, yeah. Did you have, did you lose faith? Me? No. So uh, what I did think was that it was aggressive. Mm. Um, and Mercedes aren't known, because they're normally in front. So they're normally looking to preserve the lead. So it's not often that they are chasing. And I would say it, it was very aggressive. It was very Red Bull-like, I'd think. Because I think what I thought was, okay, it's early. This means that, Whatever happens now, I think I tweeted it, you know, they are, Max is going to have to pass Lewis on fresher tyres, basically. So it's going to come down to the last few laps. Yeah. At the end of the day, Max is going to have to have fresher tyres. So um, I I thought it was risky, but uh, I, I, like I said, I think Lewis, and then we always talk about Sergio Perez as, you know, we said the tyre whisperer. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he is someone who can, you know, make those tyres last. Lewis has shown time and time again, he can make those tires last. And yeah. I said um, on our Twitter, we've not seen Max in a situation where he has had to make tires last. So either he was going to match Lewis and, you know, they're both going to go long and see, you know, see what happens or you'd have to have a deficit. And um, yeah, we, we were going to yeah, see what happens on, there. You're spot on yeah. about, yeah, it's a good point you made about the tires, about Max not being able to manage tires because, if anything, do you see the times going down very rapidly when he was told to go out there and just sort of nurse the, the hard tyre all the way to the end? And I thought that's strange. How can the hard tyre not last the race? Like, what's going on there with that? Is it just because it was no grip or what? Was it Max's inexperience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they wanted him to obviously rag it and get behind Lewis, but they were scared <laughs> of, I think, what happened in the end, which is, uh, I think he he overused his tyres getting to it. And I think even getting that, what was crazy was on 10 laps older on newer tyres, Max managed to close the gap. I think it was a six-second gap. You know, he managed to close it. It wasn't until Lewis made that mistake on like the 51st, 52nd lap mm-hmm. that he was able to get within DRS. Before that, it was, you know, two seconds, second and a half. Uh, it would have been a lot later that the move would have been done if Lewis hadn't made that mistake. So, you know, I guess it shows 
either it shows how well Lewis was on those 10 lap old tires, or I guess how much Max had taken out of the tires in the early phase of, of, of that. And, um, it goes from there, but do I think, think Tandy, do you think, oh, sorry. sorry, do you think if they, if there was one more lap, you know how we had two formation laps, so it took one yeah. of them away. Had there been two more laps, do you think Max would have done it? I don't know. Tandy, what do you think? Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> uh, so if there was one extra lap, do you reckon Max would have would have picked Lewis? No, I no, don't. no, I don't. But it was very close, you guys. I was screaming at my TV. It was very, very close. However, I don't think. I just think Lewis is just that good that he knows what to do in a in a in a competition like that, and he knows how to save his energy for the last minutes to just get that initial win so yeah I don't think so yeah it would have been it would have been tight I I I don't know because you know Max wasn't there wasn't a move made on the last lap I think if Max if Max had got beside Lewis on Mm -hmm. the last lap I think it would have been done the next lap. But because he was just within DRS mm-hmm. and he wasn't even, Lewis really wasn't under, he wasn't having to defend incredibly hard, I'd say, yeah. on the last lap compared to obviously when he got past. I, you know, I, I think it would have, I think it was in hand. I think what where Max, uh, and I think we can, I guess let's get into it. So let's get to, you know, so we've got, we've done the, you know, had the first stops, and then obviously Mercedes stop again early to 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 you know uh, force the undercut or to protect the undercut, and we've got this situation where where Max uh, closes up to Lewis and overtakes him uh, on around lap fifty three or so, I think. Um, Tandy, there's been a lot of talk about track limits, and. You know, I think some people are upset that obviously Mercedes were quite clearly abusing the track limits at turn four. So they were kind of going wide each time. Mm -hmm. And then the moment Verstappen does it, he gets told (laughs) to stop doing it. Uh, And then obviously when Verstappen overtakes Lewis, he goes wide and obviously goes off track and he's told to take it back. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you think there has been, you know, do you think it's unfair? Do you think? No, the, you know what? The, At first okay. I wasn't sure because I hadn't actually seen it. And then they played the re, like they replayed it. And you can see guys like it wasn't, there was clearly, you know, you can't give him that. Do you know what I mean? So I don't really see any kind of conversation around it. It was definitely, no. it was definitely fair. Do you yeah. not think? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Peter, because uh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing certain conversations. Yeah, yeah. So sure. I guess you know, before I say what I think, mm. I just, I guess I'm going to canvas, canvas the room. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want us to say, you know, people to think because I'm going to get in my bag later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to make sure we're covering all bases. People are saying that, you know, Peter. People are saying that. um it was unfair that Max had to, or no, let, let's go away from that. And do you think it was right that Max had to give up the place straight away and thus um, maybe get his tyres dirty? And obviously that may, that contributed to why he wasn't able to close in later. I guess, what are your thoughts on the move and kind of what happened after that? 
you know what? I think the fact when he made the move, obviously, I think it's an illegal overtake, which is fair enough, right? Um, the track limit thing was weird because they said that if it means you gain an advantage, that's when, when it's illegal. But I don't know a time where you can hit that turn four and you're not gaining yeah. time. I, I, you know, I've never known that. So apparently Lewis was doing it probably the first half of the race each single time. And then all of a sudden he was getting called that, you know, because even he was saying it was BS. Like he was saying, well, why are you now telling me about this now when I've been doing it all race? Yeah. So it's a bit of a weird one where, okay, Lewis then technically has gained advantage for half the race, right? But what, what should, okay, so should Max have given his place straight away? Look, if he was told on the radio, look, you need to give this place back. I think it was one of those, I think Max, even after the race said, like, because of how much was left of the of the race, it was, if I do this quickly, then I can, it gives me more of a chance to come back at him. Um, I, I know people on the radio were saying things like, um, maybe he should have done it at a different place, make life a bit harder for Lewis to overtake. But um, I, I, yeah. I think it's, it's one of those, if it was you, you'd probably be a bit nervous and you don't want to get a penalty. Imagine getting like five seconds from there. That, you know, that would ruin the race. So Yeah. Max loves to swear as well. He loves to effing <laughs> breath. I can imagine he was just screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, 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 I think. I, I guess just to explain, in case people are listening to this, and you know, they, you know, they're like, "What is track limits?" So, on on one of the corners, turn four is essentially uh, you can go wide of the corner, and it, it's essentially it's easier for the cars to instead of taking the corner as it should be, it's easier for them to go off the track and and ca- carry on and man- maintain more speed. So essentially, Lewis Hamilton was doing that for for most of the race, uh, and then it, Red Bull noticed and said to Verstappen, "Okay, you you go ahead and do yeah. that." and Obviously, the the race stewards, the people in charge of the race, noticed that and then told both of them to stop doing it. And what people are upset about is that there's no consistency in that. If they if they noticed Hamilton doing it the whole race, uh, or other people or anyone doing it the whole race, they should have clamped down on it. You know, at that point and not right, let, yeah. like Peter said, let people do it for half a race and you know, obviously for for and then telling them that they're not allowed to, which is obviously you know inconsistent but i think you know in terms of the in terms of the overtake like you say tandy like it, yeah. when you look at i was just before we came online i was looking at pictures of it he is like <laughs> there's like half a car between him and hamilton <laughs> it's not even like yeah. hamilton's pushed him to the point where he couldn't be anywhere they've touched wheels yeah you know, much like i think last year uh, oh no! A couple of years ago, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc, you know, um, there was a big incident of that where essentially, you know, Leclerc's uh, Max Verstappen's pushed Leclerc out to the outside, and you know, there was, you know, was that fair or not? I think with this, you know, Lewis hasn't pushed him so wide that he couldn't stay within track limits. He's decided to do that because it'll be quicker. He gained an advantage. You know, you can't do that. But uh, you know, I think. You know, at the end of the day, what a what a battle that was. How were you guys feeling um, during that? Question: Just before before we, on, we go on there, do you th- yeah. do, do you think then the real anger Max should have is his engineer? Because basically, his engineers kind of flopped the base where he's hotted up that oh, by the way, Lewis is doing this, so you now can start doing that, and then all of a sudden, stewards are now have woken up from their sleep or whatever it is they were doing. <laughs> because it, it doesn't make sense. If, if, if Red Bull had kept that quiet or 
I mean, I guess they couldn't have kept it any more quiet. I don't know why they sort of exposed it on team radio where everyone can hear it. Yeah, I definitely hear you saying that maybe it is his engineer's fault rather than um, Max's fault. I mean, that whole car's just been designed around Max. Like, it's for Max, you know what I mean? Yeah. In love. You know, that's the golden car for Max. So that is a very good argument to take on. Uh, yeah, I think they... Uh, I think they were trying to hot up Mercedes. <laughs> if, you want me, if you want me to be honest, I think that... They were saying that, well, if Lewis is going to do it, then you do it. Mm. And they're saying, and I think it was a backhanded way of saying, by the way, stewards, Lewis Hamilton is going, instead of them reporting it themselves, uh, which, you know, if you've watched Drive to Survive, it's not (laughs) beyond Red Bull to report people. Um, But uh, I think that, you know, instead of hotting them up directly, they've tried to do it indirectly. It's essentially you know uh, essentially backfired for them but i think that even if they hadn't done that 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 move there's two conversations the track limits is one thing mm-hmm. the move is another so we can have our conversations about track limits all we want you know half of that time max verstappen was in front and building a four second lead uh so or two two and a half second lead before lewis came in so you know how much advantage was Lewis really gaining from it if Max Verstappen was winning the race? Um, so, yeah, I don't have that much sympathy on that side. I've got zero sympathy on <laughs> on the overtake because he, it, it was mad. Like, it, he was half a car in between him and Lewis. He's way off the track. He gained an advantage. And unfortunately, you know, he couldn't get it back. And I think that says more about Lewis than it does about Max, I think that just shows how 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 good what Lewis is. What does it is. say about Lewis, Nyasha? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, include um, the whole uh, argument in we're, anything. We're, like, this is what we've wanted for ages. You know, we've wanted the competition, and in true Formula One nature, it's going to come with its politics. It's going to come with the unfairness, and you're going to get the fans who are going to be like, "Wait a minute, they're a bit biased towards the." the champion basically so this is what's coming if this is what came on the first race can you imagine how long the season's gonna be <laughs> absolutely do you know what I mean yeah no I think you're right and I was actually gonna ask you so I think Tandy you set it up perfectly in terms of Peter you know having having watched this and we've seen you know an incredible battle um and I think for the first time for the first time ever, really, we're seeing Red Bull versus Mercedes, you know, as a title fight. You know, that's not happened in the hybrid era. Um, you know, before it was Ferrari, we had a couple of years of Ferrari and Vettel. Um, but we're now looking at Mercedes and Red Bull. What does this mean for the sport? And I guess what does today mean for the sport in your eyes? It's a huge, huge positive because everybody's complaint as always in it doesn't matter what era we're in even if you go back to the Schumacher era if you go to the Vettel era whatever it may be everyone complains about the same guy winning it every single week or whatever else and it's just like okay you know you've, you've got your fair point but this time round I think it's going to create more I think there's going to be a bigger fan base because of it um, but it's going to be a, a bit more rivalry as well because there's going to be a team Max Verstappen all the way and there's going to be a team Lewis and 
all of a sudden, you know, people like me, I like to see, not that I don't, I have nothing against Lewis Hamilton. I, I love him. Don't get me wrong. But um, I don't mind him not winning every race, right? But then on this occasion now, it's going to be yeah. like a supporter. You're going to be like, it's going to be like Arsenal Man United, where only yeah. one team is who you care about winning. So it's going yeah. to create that kind of, that kind of vibe, if you get what I mean, and which, which is good, by the way. It means something's going well. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, lads. Um, so we obviously have Mercedes and then we have um, Red Bull. What, ideally, in your ideal world, who would the third team kind of be in competition for you? Um, I think it'd be great to see Ferrari up there. And then you've got... It'd be great to see Ferrari up there because they're, you know, they are just, you know, the in terms of history and in terms of stature, you know, that, that's where they're supposed to be. And I think anything other not than that, that <laughs> well, not in that car, no. So I think if there is going to be a third team, it looks like, I mean, it's either going to be, it's going to be McLaren, I think, but I, I don't know. I don't know if this season they're going to have enough, but next year, you know, it's it's, it's open season. I guess I don't know, mm-hmm. Peter. What, what what are your thoughts? What do you think, Peter? Yeah, no, I think it will be McLaren, um, and that's my team. So I'm I'm yeah. hoping they're going to be third. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm hoping they'll be up there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to see Ferrari in that mix. I'm happy to see like can Aston Martin not be all mouth because last year this was the same problem we had last year. Racing Point was like. You know, it, pink Mercedes, pink Panther, all that shenanigan, and they did niche. They lost to McLaren, which I can't, you know, I still can't get over that. McLaren was good. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, I don't think McLaren have enough to, to you know, be in the conversation with Red Bull and Mercedes. But if they keep growing as they have done. By the way, Zach Brown, shout out to him because that guy has transformed that team. Yeah. A hundred percent. He's he's done a he's done an amazing, amazing, amazing job. Um so I guess in terms of I mean Tandy, who 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 would you want who would you want to see elevated from the midfield into the, the title race? I definitely agree that I did actually want to see McLaren, as we all know. I'm a massive fan. But guys, I have kind of well, not even kind of, I've always lost kind of hope in Ferrari and I've actually moved towards um Alpha Tauri now. Oh, I really wow. like what they're yeah. doing with the team. And I think um Yuki today was just amazing. Like he keeps pace, doesn't he? So yeah, I, I definitely think why aren't they deserving of it? Ferrari certainly aren't. I'm so sorry. But they're not. I've seen a lot of Yeah, I've seen a lot of these Ferrari fans now just turn Alpha Tauri fans. Leclerc FC is now turned Sutton completely. <laughs> Where are you? Because you're not backing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, look, if I was a Ferrari fan, I would definitely be slightly humble uh, at the moment. But look, they they could be on the way back. And I guess since we're, we're talking about other teams, I'm going to ask you guys for your drivers of the day. So I guess, Tandy, who was your, who was your star of the day? You, you can't. You can't take Lovely that one. Well, I wasn't going to take that <laughs> 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 uh, Dictatorship. Um, the uh, Yuki, I just think he did so well. Um, he's definitely bought keeping in pace from GP2. He's definitely an overtaker. And he yeah. did that 
today and I think he's just done so well. But so sorry for Pierre Gasly. That was, that was a bit peak for man, but you know, <laughs> that's my star boy. And I saw his, I saw his little, um, his speech, his, um, his, you know, when they do the after, after race speeches and yeah. he just seems so cool. He, he, yeah. Big up Yuki, man. He's uh he's a great guy. Peter, what did yeah. you think of Yuki Sonoda today? Nah, he's a G. He's a G. Since yeah. testing, um, qualifying, he looked good in the, in like Q two, Q one and Q two, he was pretty decent. And you know what's mad? He doesn't feel like a rookie. Like this is the guy's yeah. first yeah. ever Grand Prix weekend, yeah. right? We were talking about Mazapin and Shumi earlier. And then this yeah. guy puts the I think he's at P thirteen, he starts the race. P ten he finishes. Nah, the guy's cold. The guy is cold. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for him, man. I'm ready for him. He is incredible. Uh, I I'm so impressed with him from the, the qualifying lap in Q1 to stick it on second. Uh, you know that was like incredible. And like, yeah, Tanya, I was watching his uh, post race interview today. Yeah, uh, on Sky, and he was. So gushing about passing a Fernando yeah, Alonso, yeah. it was so sweet. He was like, yeah. "My dad really looked up to Fernando. I looked up to him so much. I couldn't believe I've learned so much from him." And then I was passing him, and if you look at the move he did, he came oh. from a mile back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, it was, it was a so good overtake. Yeah, we should definitely keep an eye out on him. He's a very good driver, as we can all can tell. So I'd keep an eye out on Yuki for this year, definitely. What? One hundred percent, Yuki and the Alpha Tauri. And like I say, I'm fortunate for Gasly today, but that Alpha Tauri, I think, is uh, it's going to be strong uh, throughout the season. So, big up Yuki Sonoda. Um, Peter, who was your driver of the day? Um, I'm going to have to go Sergio Perez because of nice. the situation he had. Like you know, that electrical failure at the start was weird. I mean, before the race, did you see the mechanics like proper hustling that car like half an hour yeah. before they were meant to go on track? And then he's then I think he's pulled over to the to the left hand side and there's like no there's no electronics on the screen it's completely yeah. packed up. I thought for goodness sake this second seat at Red Bull is the most cursed seat in Formula One, right? But um, <laughs> the fact that you know he and he started in the pit lane and do you remember people's excuses for Gasly and Red Bull and Albon was that well look at the car you know the car's rubbish it's catered to Max which I do agree with but then yeah. you look at somebody as competent as Sergio. He shows you that family, even though I'm at the back of the grid, it is not the end of the, the world sort of thing. And to put it in P5, yeah. fair play to the guy. Fair play to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had an amazing race. Uh, Tandy, what did you think of Sergio? He came through the grid like a hot knife like through a, butter. Literally, but I've always said this about Sergio Perez. He's very good. And I think he's the perfect person to take on this haunted seat. And um, <laughs> sure. I, I really look forward to just seeing Sergio just make that seat his bitch. Like I'm ready. He's great. He's a great driver. So yeah, good on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for, for sure. Um, he is, uh, you know, I think you're right, Peter. Like he, it, we just come to expect it from Sergio, you know. I think when when we saw him at the back, I knew that he was going to come through the field. Um, you know, uh, he he took obviously took advantage of the safety car, was able to get a couple of laps fresher tires at the start. 
but he made those tires work like he always does um mm. came through the field he was overtaking and obviously he's in a car which has the pace to do it but you know the same that you know that gasly did originally in the same way that album did you know that red bull has always been the second or third quickest car yeah uh, was, uh, pardon no, you agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it has been. Um, no, you're right. You're right. So, so you know, I think that um, yeah, I think he, I think he did an incredible job, and uh, I think, uh, I hope that in Imola at the next race, he's able to uh, have a a trouble free qualifying. And do you think, uh, sorry, yeah. do you no, think no, was a good rear gunner for Max? Um, today, no, because he yeah. was too far. He was too far yeah. back. But uh, I think he showed what he could if he was. And I think like the real wild in it. Yeah, I think if if he if the race is different, if uh, if Perez qualifies fourth and it's Max per, Max Lewis Bottas Perez. I think then uh, strategy wise, Mercedes wouldn't have been able to pull. They could have, I think they probably would have pit Perez before Lewis and that would have set off a whole chain of events. So yeah, it's uh we'll see, but I think he will be a good rear gunner and I think he'll be able to pick up pieces maybe when Max isn't able to. So yeah, um, that'll be, that'll be good. Um, your driver of the day to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, who is Who's next? Your driver of the day, Nyasha. Yeah. Who's my driver of the day? Oh, let me think. Let me just have some water and think. Okay. <laughs> For those of not on YouTube, I just sat, sipped some of my water. I want to make sure I'm well lubricated for this. <laughs> my my driver of the day, this guy, is Sir Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Uh, and I think today people people may have been wondering, you know, why would you knight a Formula One driver? He's still going. That's why. Okay. That is why. He is the greatest driver we have ever seen. I'm right. telling you now. Okay. Let's just dispel. There's so many arguments people throw up. <laughs> okay. When they talk about Lewis Hamilton, you know, about the last, especially the last, uh, his last six titles. Other than the one I'm say, um, McLaren, he's had the best car. Okay. He's just been able to blitz his way. And that's not even necessarily true. We know in 2017, 2018, Ferrari had a quicker car, yeah. you know, and we can get to why they didn't have that because I know who my donkey of the day is. But <laughs> they, um, you know, they are demonstrably not the quickest car this weekend. Valtteri Bottas. Slow stop. Let's take into account the slow stop. He was, let's say, ten seconds off the pace before he had he came in for you know uh, for a stop to to get uh, fastest lap in the same car as Lewis, struggling. Okay, and whatever you think about Valtteri Bottas, he's still a competent driver. So we're saying that somewhere in between Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas is probably the pace of that Mercedes car. Max Verstappen clears off at the start, four seconds up the road, clearly a quick car for Lewis to win that race today. I think he, those tires went for uh, 20 laps or so, 26 laps. The first set of hards went for 16 laps and he said, they're done. Okay. (laughs) They're done. (laughs) They're done. So you had to pit after the first set of hards 
and he said they're done. He puts on another set. I even tweeted, I was like, wow, this is going to be a three-stop strategy Imagine. because there's no, there's no way. There's no way he's getting to the end. Not only does he get to the end, he holds off someone who's got 10 laps newer tires in mm-hmm. a quicker car at the easiest circuit to overtake at. Okay. It's not like he did this around Monaco. It's not like he did it around, you know, Singapore. This is a track where it is so easy to get past someone with DRS at two places, uh, potentially three. I just think it's one of the best performances he's ever had. I think, I think if it wasn't for him in that car, um, Red Bull run away with that win today. Um, it's a procession. Uh, and I think the same thing that people, um, I think, are mad about with Mercedes and Lewis, I think if he's not in the sport, we we don't get performances like that. He's done it no. time and yeah. time again. Like last season, Turkey, mm-hmm. he does that. Last season, Portugal, he did it. Uh, Nürburgring, mm-hmm. there, you know, so many incredible performances. He's doing it again and again. He's... Ah, uh, I I am literally running out of words. I am getting emotional. <laughs> Do you know he what? is he's, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. Do you know what you yeah. uh, you've touched on something that I've never actually thought about? You know, like if there was no Lewis, you would think there's going to be more competition, right? Because everybody's kind of yeah. evened out a bit. But it's the sheer quality, the standard that he puts it on. That yeah. even I yeah. do, even at times, I'm, I, you know, it goes over me where I'm just like, oh, he's done it again. But it's the, like you said, if there had been any other driver, that's where you, I think you hit the nail on the head. If another driver drove that Mercedes, Max has mm-hmm. won this race. And I so that, that, that's, a, that, honestly, it hats off to you because I never even thought of it like that. Like he is quality. That's what it is. Like, we can sit here and argue about that whole thing with Max, but really and truly, it's all down to the driver and the person who was in that Mercedes, and it's Lewis Hamilton, and that's yeah. why he won. Yeah, think, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think Max got a bit gassed, you know. It's fun to excite him. <laughs> friendly, got a bit gassed. But I think when we saw him, when he was on podium, he had his hands on him, on his um, hips, he knew. Yeah. You. Yeah, that, that podium was a bit awkward, wasn't it? It's so yeah. awkward. They didn't even throw champagne on each other. Because they was... knew guys. They, they knew. They, they... <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I yeah. think I think um, Tandy's onto something here where Red Bull have probably sat there and thought, oh, crap, even in a moment like this. And you need a mature Max, by the way. Let's not act like yeah. Max is devoid of mistakes because he does yeah. make mistakes. And so yeah. if, in, if there's any chance of fighting for a title you've got to have your head level throughout the entire season. And I think Max, yeah. in fairness, you know, Max is half, you know, half the season he's great and the other half is a bit mediocre. And I think Red Bull just need to focus on winning the Constructors. Forget the championship. The Constructors is what they need to do. Get Perez and, and Max in the top three every race, yeah. then have the Constructors and see you later. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think the title, personally, yeah. I think the title is kind of over. It is. He's <laughs> calling it. You said it's over. It. So, so why do you think? Why do you think it's over? Purely for the adversity Lewis had to go through. Purely for the fact that Max looked great. The Red Bulls looked strong. They have got the quicker car. Because, like I said, like you know, I don't understand how Lewis. No one here is telling me how Lewis won this race. <laughs> besides the fact mm. that he is yeah. world class. You know, he's absolutely world class. Yeah. So. Mm. That for me is scary. If I'm a Red Bull person, I'm I'm frightened now because it's like, <laughs> damn it! Even when their car's not the fastest, we're still second. 
because it's the driver. Facts. And that's the quality Red Bull haven't recognized yet. They can invest yeah. all their money into the car, but they cannot invest into a quality that Lewis Hamilton himself has as a driver. Mm. And that's what makes him so special. And that's why we call him a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he is. He yeah. is. He is a superhero. He look, we're watching Jordan at the Bulls. Facts. Federer at Wimbledon. We're mm-hmm. watching, you know, this is Woods at his prime. We are watching in real time. Yeah. Tom mm-hmm. Brady. Yeah. Real time, greatest of all time achievements. This stuff, we're going to be talking about this. Serena Williams. In- Serena Williams, apologies. Serena, yes, of course. 100%. Serena, 100%. apologies, <laughs> apologies, apologies. apologies. Uh, Serena on top of all of them, man. Like, like 100%. We're watching greatness in front of our eyes and today you know i think what i'm really happy for is you know the casual fans who maybe who've you know tuned in after drive to survive not sure what you know i I don't think they even talk they talk about lewis being good and you know whatever but it's mostly just like the valtu butas villain origin story really like that's what kind of (laughs) that's the role that lewis and i'm so happy that casual people Tune in, watch today, and just see what the hype is about. That's why he's box office. That's why he's the driver. You go any country in the world that watches Formula One, he's the one that everyone knows. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think what a performance! What what performance! Absolutely. What a guy! Yeah. And um, I, I'm I'm so proud of him. He's just a great guy. Um, <laughs> uh, guys, two seconds. One. Um, right, so that's all the people who did well. Um, I, I think I'm just going to give an honourable shout out to Alonso as well. I think he did quite well on his I return. Thought he did yeah. quite well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think definitely his uh, position for pole was ninth, and he finished at what twelfth was it? Uh, he he didn't finish. He didn't finish. He had a he had a he had a he had a break issue. He had a break issue okay. there. To the but at the time, I think when he was. Um, when he did retire, he was 12-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was running up in the points. I think the pace of the of the Alpine was uh, not great. So I think they were using up their tyres a lot more than everyone else. If they're anything like last year when they were Renault, they grow over time. Like, do you remember Danny Ricciardo had the same issues? I remember Bahrain, yeah. in fact, I think he didn't finish either. And he was like kind of down and gutted. But over time, I mean, my man got on the podium as well. And... What impressed me with practice, Alonso doesn't look like he's missed a beat. Like, this guy's been away for two years mm-hmm. and then he just jumped. I know he's a two time yeah. world champion, but I'm sorry, two years like without a think... sport. Fair play to the guy. Sorry. Yeah. I like to think Alonso has this room in his house just full of posters of himself. He <laughs> loves the sport. He loves the sport. <laughs> yeah. So. The thing about Alonso is he gets a lot of hate. I, re- I did read um, this week that 10% of the Formula One drivers. Um, their fathers drove with Alonso yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. Max and Chumi. So this is a legend. This guy definitely knows how to drive. And so his role in Formula One at the moment is just to be the legend, the uncle. But at the same time, he's there to kind of teach Ocon how to drive, you know, show him the ropes. So mm. I'm not, I'm never surprised with Alonso, although I do like to, you know, send him a few slanders there and there. I will always, <laughs> always. So yeah, I think he did, he, he did great. He did great. Yeah. 
No, he did good. And I guess um, um, a, a word, Peter, on, on McLaren. Really solid haul of points and yeah. Norris with a really solid finish. Yeah, I think he, he was one of the you know top three, if you will, drivers of the day because he, yeah. he, does, he did his job and he did extremely well. Nobody expected him to finish, what, fourth, was it? He, he finished in the end. Fourth, yeah, um, fourth. And his job this season is to mature and get stronger and stronger in that McLaren team and make Daniel Ricciardo think, dude, just because you're Daniel Ricciardo, this ain't your team. This is my team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think, is this his third year now at McLaren, Norris? So it is his third year, yeah. When he came, you know, he was, he was a kid. You know, you could tell he was a bit young, immature. Carlos kind of yeah. showed him the pace and it was like, okay, cool, i got to match this. And now I feel like, Norris looks like a man. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but he, to, compared to what he was when he first came, he he seems to put on like even a bit of muscle. He got he's got a bit of stature about him, and he, yeah. he's, he's very serious. And that I'm all for because obviously his twitching things and whatever else, and his gaming and whatever might make him look a bit silly. But <laughs> he he does his home he does his homework, and fair play to the guy, man. I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, Tandy, you're you're big you're a big Ricardo fan, um, and and you, I know you like McLaren. So, what did you think of the boys today? I, I, yeah, again, I think everything Peter said. It was a great performance from Norris yeah, and, and Ricardo as well. From, from both of them, to be honest, um, I thought I was really proud of Ricardo. You know, getting his place in pole, and as you've just said, Peter definitely like it is definitely kind of um, Norris's role to kind of show Ricardo that, yes, you're new, I'm the big boy, let me show you how it's done. And I think they both keep each other, they kept pace this this, uh, this season, I mean, will this race. And yeah, so it's exciting for them. I definitely, I saw Ricardo's um, interview as well, and he, he was fair about it, he's happy with it. So yeah, yeah let's go, guys. I definitely I think so. I was I nervous, by the way. At, at the start of the race, I was nervous because I don't know if you lot saw like the first couple of laps where they were very yeah, close. Yeah. I was like, dear God, get them off each other. Just let them, <laughs> let them get through these laps. Honestly, I was sweating. Yeah, I feel like with those two, when they work well, they they will work really, really well. They're just a great pair for McLaren. I wouldn't wish for anybody else to be in McLaren. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Too. And I think Norris needs to make hay whilst Ricardo gets used to the car. I think he mm-hmm. needs to assert his authority, carry on at this high level of driving. I think the McLaren is the third fastest car. I think they've shown that uh, this weekend across, you know, the whole weekend. Um, and I think the more that Norris can just uh, keep these performances up whilst Ricardo closes that gap, uh, whilst he gets to know the car and, you know, and, you know, know the setup, uh, it's, it's only going to be good for him. But I think once Ricardo does get there, I think for McLaren, they're going to be, I think, quite easily the third fastest team. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, and I think, you know, I think if anyone's going to sneak a win, you know, if there's any kind of, mixed up races which we know there's going to be 23 races at some point there's going to be a crazy race i think they're going to be in the best position to pick up that win and i'll be really happy for them when they do because um it's been a you know like i say zach brown where he's taken that team to mm-hmm. and andreas andreas seidel as well i think where they've both taken that team um is is incredible so oh sorry sorry Tandy. No, sorry, I just said McLaren's on a whole new generation at the moment and mm. I think all contenders to definitely look out for. That's why I asked you earlier about um, who you actually think would be the third team behind yeah. Mercedes and um, and Red Bull and 
please do not rule out McLaren. Oh no, I think yeah, yeah Shearin yeah. for sure. The only thing that worries me about McLaren is mm-hmm. you look at last year. I think in the last two or three seasons, they've only got three podiums, right? Mm. And yeah. you mentioned earlier there that you know if there's a, a loophole where there might be a gap opening, and you know if a Red Bull and a Mercedes doesn't win a race, that should be McLaren's. And I think that yeah. the opportunity was there last year, but you think about it, Pierre Gasly won a race last year and Perez. So the fact that a racing point yeah. and a Alpha Tauri won a race and yet a McLaren didn't, I think maybe had two podiums last year. That mm. concerns me a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I think I think I think signs I think we you know we, we talk about Max this year, uh, this race, one more lap, would he have done it? I think if Science had one more lap at Monza, I think he would have done oh, it. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that was unfortunate, but I, again, but again, at the same time, you know, um, you know, these mix up races, you know, Pierre, Pierre was there. Like, you know, you've got to, you've got to be there. Um, I think in Bahrain, I think between him, between Ricardo and science, you know, they were in that chasing pack, um, that should have won that race really, you know, how, how Perez was allowed to get from last to first, um, you know, is, is crazy. You know, and I think Ricardo and science both went away from that race thinking, wow, we've kind of dropped the ball there. So it's up to McLaren to, um, to really, um, yeah, cement those opportunities when they get them. Um, so let's go on to donkeys of the days. There's, yeah, there was a, there's, I think there's a few contenders, um, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go to you, Tandy, first. Who was your uh, which driver uh, had a had a bad race today? <laughs> um, back to our conversation from the start. Our lovely Russian fellow, Nikita um, <laughs> Mazepin. Honestly, yeah. like you were literally mate, you were literally out in the first lap. Come on, like what are yeah. you doing? Where did he find him? Like honestly, I don't know. Who <laughs> him, like he, where is he found them? Exactly. This man is bringing in Russian money. It does not matter if he can drive or not at this point. He's funding that entire team, and it's again. I'm so embarrassed for freaking <laughs> Shumi because oh man like Shumi's got such a great career ahead of him we definitely know his career is going to be decorated and this guy Mazepin is embarrassing him so I will give him the donkey of the week okay look pretty emphatic Peter anything and you know we've we've done Mazepin and you know what as much as I want to dig him out just to bury him again uh <laughs> there's a there's a couple more men to bury today and i think <laughs> tandy you have put it so eloquently we are definitely embarrassed <laughs> by, by mazepin 100 percent. peter who's your donkey of the day i'll tell you who is embarrassing okay embarrassing. <laughs> guys i'm not gonna lie sebastian vettel now look oh, yeah yeah ooh, yeah yeah I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going for him Let's Let's I'll, talk about it, I'll, please. I'll tell you what, <laughs> because I'll tell you what, yeah, because his testing wasn't great. All right, fair enough. Maybe the car wasn't there. Mm. No problem, okay? Then in qualifying, my man's still speeding with double yellow flags and just acted like it didn't happen, okay? So that's a bit strange. Yeah. So he starts at the back of the grid, doesn't help himself. <laughs> then the hit he did on Ocon. <laughs> what is he on? Like, I don't even understand. And then he was moaning that o- o- Ocon switched lanes. Like, how can they do nothing? Do you know what I mean? Like, you just went straight into it. Driver, like, get a grip 
fully. Do you know what's mad? Do you know, you know that you know the idea of like the best driver and the best car and the argument there, which is it, which honestly, I'm not gonna lie, guys, I've not been a Vettel lover ever since Red Bull. And I know at Ferrari we wanted him to challenge Mercedes, and so we were all kind of getting behind him a bit. But for me, like it, it kind of proved to me that if the car is not good, forget Vettel, it's over, it's done. When he was in that Red Bull and the car was superb, yeah. he was gone clear. Yeah. The minute he got a challenge, the first time, I think 2014, when Hamilton won the title, that was it. He was done with Red Bull. Went to Ferrari yeah, yeah. and causing mistakes and accidents. And now, Aston, bruv, good luck. That's what I'm saying. Aston Martin, good luck this yeah. year. Um, Aston Martin, when he thinks he fully fell off, when was the moment that man uh, fell off? Look, and look out for this on my YouTube because we I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna dissect it like a, I'm gonna Doctor Turk from Scrubs dissect yeah. this. Like let me tell you, let me tell you now, Hockenheim 2018. Oh, okay? oh my god! Okay, when, when he when he it into that wall. Okay, when Lewis Hammond was charging down on him on soft tires in the rain, mm. we saw. <laughs> We saw the absolute decline Nothing of Vettel, and, and since since that day, look, let me tell you now. Since that day, he span around at Monza. He, uh, I think, he span around somewhere else that season. Gone into the season after I Brazil. Think he spanned, Do you remember Brazil? Brazil. Span in, <laughs> span in Brazil. He, he 2019. He span a few more times. 2020. I think he span again. You know, um, let's spin not, himself into retirement. I'm doing, and look, and these, and these are spins where he's on his own. The ma- we talk about Mazepin spins, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like Mazepin spins. That's what Vettel has been doing that for two and a half years. Mm. You know, for me, he is like, you know what, Tandy? I'm so sorry. When you called him a bum on the preview, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. you know what. I was taken aback, yeah, because I was like, I wasn't expecting it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing is, I think with, especially with F1 Twitter, there's probably, you know, yeah. we're lucky in that we're still, we're still a small podcast. So, you yeah. know, not that many people are going to hear this. I actually, I actually got a phone call um, on Saturday. Someone saying to me, I'm not too sure if you're allowed to call Formula One drive bums. <laughs> yeah. I think you have. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Look, and this is the thing. I think, you know, I think with F1 Twitter, I think there's there's very much like, I think more than any other sport, you know, I I, I love football and I, I love Formula One. And in football, it's very much about the club. Mm. And, you know, we we like players, but it's happening a lot more recently. Peter, you know, you're not saying, I guess you're official, so you can't say too much. But I guess with, like, with, the, <laughs> with the Ozil thing, you know, yeah. there's a lot of like people who love Ozil, probably more than they love the club and you know it sways their opinion and i think with vettel there's a lot of people you know we love vettel as a person he's like a great person he's a great ambassador for the sport i think he he, he him and schumacher wore today great um t-shirts saying yeah. you know black lives matter yeah clean the world mm-hmm. you know science matters all of these things he's a great person but we are watching a driver in steep decline. Yeah. And um and for me today's performance that crash into Ocon. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Sorry. That was just, honestly. Not, not the first time he's done it. No. Uh, Silverstone Silverstone 2000 and I'm going to say 19, I think. Uh he he goes straight into the back of Verstappen 
Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Goes go straight after after he's been passed. Goes straight to the back of him. Like he he has done this before. Um, do you know? Do you know when? Do you know yeah. when the bullet? Do you, know, do you know when the bullet was put through? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know when the bullet went to his head? The arrival of Charles Leclerc because the guy stepped in gangster. He he came in and I was like, yeah. holy smokes, yeah. this kid Golden is all right. Boy. I thought yeah. this kid is and all right. Embarrassing you. Oh yeah. I mean, because <laughs> even even 2019 was when they had the illegal car all of a sudden after the summer break, right? Yeah. Did, did not Leclerc win Monza and Spa and I don't know who won um, Singapore. It might have actually he, been Vettel. He won, Vettel, Vettel won Singapore because he disobeyed orders, right? Okay, <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And then eventually, and then it, and then lucked into it because the safety car or virtual safety car basically lucked him into that win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you yeah. you see it, bro. Leclerc was spinning W's all over him, and it was one of those where that was for me when the bullet went in. I said, "Yo," because that crash a hundred percent in Hockenheim. I said, "Man, this guy is finished." But the bullet for me was Charles. When he came in the game, I said, Vettel, step aside. (laughs) And to think Aston Martin dropped Perez for this guy. Like, this is the thing I can't get my head around. I can't, like, Racing Point, I I don't take seriously anyway. But then this, I said, nah, you guys are, you guys are jokers. What's been killing me is this man is all in the um the the Aston Martin advert. <laughs> he's a poster yeah. boy. He's feeling fly. You are doing nothing, Uncle. Please, <laughs> literally off the uh, height. Look, I think what oh, off past height. Yeah, no. Look, he. It's quite clear. And for me, we said it before in the last podcast when we were discussing Vettel. If you're talking about driving. There's no way he should have replaced Perez. No chance. Like no, it, it, no. Perez is a great driver. Exactly. Um, but you know, as part of if you're trying to market Aston Martin as this team, you know, it is essentially Vettel is clout. You can say we've got a four-time champion in the car. After Peter, what, what's your thoughts on that? I've got a problem with this because I've heard this excuse used bare times yeah, for bringing oh, okay. in, right? Four-time <laughs> champion, shoot. marketable. Yeah. Oh, I, I understand. It's Aston friggin' Martin. This is not, it's not friggin', you know, it's not a, it's not a Marussia. It's not a, a Minardi. Yeah. It's not an Arrows. We're talking about Aston Martin here. Do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and all they seem yeah. to be doing is talking about James Bond, by the way. So I don't know how, you know, it's like the marketing is there already like Aston Martin has got F1 history Aston Martin has got history outside of Formula 1 so it's this thing of marketing drives me nuts if it was the Haas team I fully understand what they're talking about hence why they brought Schumacher in there but this is we're not talking yeah. about some DBDB car manufacturer we're talking about serious guys <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that whole that whole thing of like you know four time champion market rare, garbage I don't know where look how much money Perez brings Perez money save racing point for crying out loud. So you know, honestly, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Speak on it. I don't know. I don't <laughs> understand. It. Talk the things. Oh. <laughs> Talk the things. Okay. Well, look, look. <laughs> Trust me. I would, I would love, I would love to sit here and talk because I, I would, I will tell you now. I have been on this. I've literally kept it in about Vettel because I'm like. Maybe it's the car, maybe it's Ferrari. No. And and you know what? That qualifying time yesterday, I at the time I was like, oof, that's bad. But okay, double yellows, you backed off. Fine. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you floored it through that accident <laughs> like Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. Right. 
Mm. He floored it, pedal to the metal, and you're telling me you still qualified 18th, and then you you've got a good penalty. I'm sorry. Like, Do you hear his radio honestly, at the end? Because his radio message yeah. afterwards, P18, it was like, what yeah, I gave it everything. everything. I gave, I gave it everything. everything I could. Gave it nothing. <laughs> that is your everything. That is so embarrassing. Oh, you know how many years that man has been in that Thing sport is, and you're telling me you gave it everything. Exactly. People get onto Kimmy and I understand getting onto Kimmy because he's there for the ride. Please believe. But, <laughs> but friggin, I'm sorry, Vettel. How many times has Vettel finished behind Kimmy? No one's talking about this and it, it baffles my mind. Look at Alonso, bruv, doing bits. He's been away and he's doing bits now. Kimmy clearly enjoys it though. Like, I like that about Kimmy. He's not problematic. He's loving doing it. Yeah. Kimmy's a legend. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Vettel, as I said to you, Vettel is now going into the same bag of like vengeance and just harboring this weird <laughs> uncle anger that Alonso has. But Alonso is doing way better than him anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, it was, uh, uh, the tale of two veterans today, mm. and I think I think when people talk about Vettel being in the same class as Alonso and Hamilton, I I I find that disrespectful. To be yeah. honest, um, yeah, it's just I, the numbers, I, isn't I, it? It's just the numbers. It's the numbers. Up, it's the yeah. numbers. But I mean, look, yeah. Let's let me move on because <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm 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 really disappointed in Vettel today, and uh, I, that was going to be my pick, but my pick. Is going to be Valtteri Bottas, oh. I think. Ooh. I, interesting. I, and I, I'm going to say um, why my, because I'm trying to think down the grid who else had bad races. I think everyone else, there's no one else who I was super disappointed with. And I think I can legislate for everyone else. I think Bottas. The reason I'm going to give him the donkey, it's not necessarily donkey, but I just think that every season, the last two seasons, he's come and he's won the opening race. And we've been able to say Valtteri 2.0, Valtteri 3.0. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen this upgrade. I think um, that's because he's had the strongest car and he's been able to drive easily with that car. And so, you know, that's good. I think... I think today or this weekend, and in fact, since testing has showed that Valtteri, if he has ambitions of being a Formula One world champion, he needs to uh, get on Lewis's level consistently throughout a, a season. And if you, you know, if he couldn't do it in a car, which was the easiest car to drive in Formula One history, he's not going to do it in a car that's difficult to drive. And I think it's on days like today. And when I, this is what I, I used to say all the time when people talk about, you know, it's just the car, it's just the car. On days where it's difficult to drive, look where Bottas is and look where Hamilton is. In Turkey, I think Bottas spun three or four times yeah. last season. <laughs> yeah. You know, today, you know, there's points where he was getting swallowed up by the McLarens. Um, or was it by Ferrari? I think he got swallowed up at the start of the restart. You know, it didn't get spoken about, but you know, he's not alert at the restart. He's getting swallowed up by the midfielders. He's having to pass them. That's obviously wearing his tires down because he's following another car. He gets three of them. He's just not at the pace of those two. And for me, if this is, I think this is going to be indicative. If we're, to, you know, and this is the first race of the season, so we don't want to bury someone off one race. And there'll be races where he does better. But for me, I just think that. For me, I'm disappointed that 
you are, I think Perez is going to be stronger than, than Bottas. Personally, I think once Perez gets used to that car, he's going to be stronger than, than Bottas. And I think for, for Bottas to be that far off the pace today, uh, in the same car as Hamilton, who's won the race, I think that shows you up. In, in F1, you can only be as, as close as your teammate. Yeah. I think down throughout the field, other than Stroll and Vettel, I think the biggest disparity that I could see visually, and maybe Ocon and Alonso before, right. before, but I think that Alpine is not easy to drive. So I'm going to give Ocon some bail. But Bottas wants to be a world-class driver. He has ambitions of being a, a champion. You've, you've got to keep up with Lewis Hamilton. And, you know, he, he didn't. And, I, I, you know, I just think it's another one. Of, he's had a lot of those performances coming. Did Bottas not get the fastest lap today? He, he did. did because yeah. he, he, got yeah, he, came, he, got, he got an extra point, you know, but it, that's because he was, you know, he had a slow stop, like I said, fine, you know, but he was he was 16 seconds behind Hamilton and, and Verstappen, you know, sixteen seconds in a in a fifty six yeah. lap race, you know, it's not it's not yeah. good enough. Like, um, and if you want to, no, and I and I think the only way he keeps that seat is if he accepts being a number two driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if he tries, oh yeah, also if he didn't, he he's changed his stance on kneeling. And yes. That's, Can we talk about that, please? That for me, and, and I think that stems from him saying, "I'm going to be selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do this year." You know, last season in Spain, <laughs> in Spain, <laughs> he complained about the overalls being black and too hot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whilst that. he was trailing Lewis Hamilton by a substantial margin, so today he goes, "You know what? I'm standing up for myself." I'm not going to kneel. Well, look where that got you, you know? And I think, I think, I think for you to, I think it says more about you if you start kneeling and then don't. But I think it says a lot about you when your teammate is kind of the face of why we're kneeling. Your teammate is a black man and you are not kneeling, but you were kneeling last season and all of a sudden you've decided not to. For me, that was a massive F you to any of his black supporters, by the way, just saying whom it may concern. Mm. Um, yeah, I just say, I've always said it, Bottas, for me, he's never going to be world champion. He's definitely a second driver. He is Lewis's shadow. And perhaps that's why the overalls were black, because you are a shadow, my friend. <laughs> 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 I, mean, <laughs> I, I agree. Oh, I agree. But, the, the, thing, the thing for me with Bottas, I, you know, it's difficult because when... when um, when Rosberg became champion in 2016, before that, I never, I would have never said he would ever be champion as well because there were similarities between Rosberg in terms of being the nicer kind of guy, but then also was a bit hacked off inside. But with yeah. Bottas, Bottas is genuinely, I think, a nice guy. I don't think he has that mean, nasty streak in him to be world champion. We, yeah. I'm not saying you have to be such a waste man or anything like that, but he doesn't have that. You remember when Vettel done that, done dirt, done Mark Webber dirty, right? And do you remember like when, yeah. when you, you look, you think about how many times, you know, Alonso and Hamilton when they were at McLaren, there was some horrible stuff going on there, right? Yeah. Bottas, for me, I feel like there's too much integrity if you will I don't know how to put it but he hasn't got that steel in him and even though he says you know what I'm going to be more selfish it's he's having to put that on I don't think that's naturally him and so I think he will struggle but more importantly he was overhyped at Williams 
And this is the thing I, don't, I think people don't understand. Like for me, if if Verstappen, if, if Leclerc, if Norris, if Science, if um, Ricardo, I can name ten drivers. If they were in that Mercedes, would challenge Hamilton. And I don't know why Bottas got such a rocket up his backside when it was like him and Massa, I think, at Williams, and they were kind of overperforming for like six months. Yeah. You know, so it was it was a bad rec- it was bad <laughs> recruitment for Mercedes unless Toto was always you see the you see the mean streak in Toto maybe he's always said I need a number two yeah. a, a legit number two he this, this is Eddie Irvine Rubens Barrichello I need that guy in there to help mm. Lewis if that is the case then he was doomed to fail he was always doomed to be to be what he is now. It's what- it's one uh, look. Well said. It's one hundred percent the case because Toto is his manager. So, like, he, 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 it's a bringing thing, yeah. and and he and he and, and they wanted to avoid you know the combustion of the two thousand and sixteen season between Hamilton and Rosberg. They've openly said we don't want that again, which is why if Lewis stays, I that, look, I it, was box, it was box oh, office. God, yeah. It was box office. It was absolute box office. So much better to watch. Rosberg and freaking Hamilton than freaking Bottas, who just <laughs> every day he's just there. Even his interviews are bloody boring. Yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah. It mm. is crazy. So I think I think him not kneeling is part of this mind game thing. I I think I, I noticed as well he wasn't in the pictures at the end. You know they normally do the pictures with like the team. He wasn't in the pictures. You know, the thing is with Bottas, whenever he tries to do these things, it backfires. I remember at, I'm going to say, I can't, maybe it was Portugal last season, where he was like, he was like, whatever Lewis Hamilton does, I want different tyres. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, uh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then not only does he wear his tyres out so badly chasing Lewis, they have to pit him first for safety. So he's behind Lewis, but they're like, your tyres are so bad. If we don't pit you, they might blow up. So they pit him. But because he pitted first, Lewis just goes onto the same tyres as him and ends up winning anyway by about 30 seconds. Um, mentally, he's finished. He's mentally finished. <laughs> he's finished. He's thinking, okay, I I mean, look, at, at best, he's thinking I'm going to get in Lewis's head. I'm not going to kneel and whatever. At worst, like you, you don't agree with Black Lives Matter and you're Lewis's teammate, and yeah. that is awful. So right. for me, for you to do that, you've got to go out and you've got to, you've got to set the tone. You've got to dominate this race. And what do you do? You get bullied by a, by a slower Ferrari at the start. You are 15, 16 seconds behind before you make a pit stop for fastest lap, which you only get because you've got fresh tires. Um, yeah, I've, I've just, I've lost a lot of respect for Valtteri today. And I think this is why it's important to have platforms like this, because I don't think other platforms are going to talk about Bottas's change of stance. You know, it's not going to, it's going to be maybe like, um, it's going to be kind of maybe mentioned, but it, no, the significance of it and how does that affect black Formula One fans? You know, yeah, how does that affect the the black people who love Bottas? There's yeah. got to be a yeah. Bottas stand somewhere. I know I was definitely looking out to see who was kneeling and who wasn't. In it seems like there's a lot more not kneeling. Yeah, is it? Maybe it's just because like the change of drivers, but it just felt like it was like half and half. Maybe I, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell. I just think if you. Okay, 
fine. The bigger picture might not apply to you as a white man, but it definitely applies to you because you're in a sport with one black man and it means a lot to him. So the least you could do is Elise Neal. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. A hundred percent. Um, right. I don't know if this is uh true, but it's, it's saying two hours in the corner, but I don't yeah, think that's true. Yeah, I don't know why it's just gone too long. <laughs> <laughs> I like, how it's gone to two hours? I don't know, but I think we're going into our second hour. So look, I think that's a classic race. Uh, we we have we have we have watched an absolute yeah. classic race. I guess I'm going to ask you guys, what would you like to see in Imola, which is in three weeks? So three weeks to catch up. But Peter, if there's one thing that you could see in Imola, what what is that? Sergio Perez getting in the mix with the four. I think it's a case of it's about time Red Bull had another person other than just Max. Because the last two years, two, three years, Max has fought two Mercedes and, and a Ferrari. Like they were saying, his pole position on, on Saturday was his fourth in his career. What are you talking about? Yeah. Four? Wow. Like, yeah. What, what is that? Like, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you look at it like that, you know, I feel like with Gasly, as much as we love him and Albon and so on, you know, we needed somebody to to give Max some help and really give Mercedes a big, big challenge. So that that's my number one is is Sergio Perez, man. Get in, yeah. get in that conversation. Wonderful, that's a really good one, Tandy. What's your what's one thing that you would love to see I would uh, definitely- at Imola? Yeah, I definitely like to see the push from McLaren as I did state earlier. I think those mm. boys are doing amazing. If, as long as they can get that like teammate thing going where they're at each other's pace, I think they can definitely, you know, set standards in this and push their way through. So I'm excited to see that. Um, it's definitely not going to be Ferrari for me. I just don't think, I think Lando's got it, but I don't, I'm not too sure. I mean, not sorry, Lando. Um, yeah, I'm not Claire? too sure Ferrari actually okay. keeping pace at all, guys. Like, no. So I'd really like to see the push come from McLaren. Add Okey a bit dokey. of pressure. Okay, no, I, I love it. And, you know, Ferrari improved, but yeah, I think, again, it's one of their home races. And I, mm. yeah, it's, uh, we'll see. Imola is a completely different track to Bahrain. And all we've, se- all we've seen this season because of testing is Bahrain. So yeah. really, we're going into the completely unknown uh, at Imola because it's a different track, different setup needs. Might suit some cars better, might suit some yeah. cars worse. So we will see on that. If I had to do say one thing, I would like Mazepin to get further than he did uh, <laughs> t- today. Yeah. You're the only one. I'm sure you're the only one out there. You know, you yeah. know what? Because for me, like him, yeah. you know what? I just, for me, the integrity of the sport is important. And when you have someone like Mazepin, what he did will never go away. Mm. And that is uh, deplorable what he did and the type of person that he has, the things that got exposed, you know, unfortunately he is here to stay. And for me, uh, I want 20 F1 cars performing at a reasonable level i don't want there to be a joke f1 driver who cannot make it past the first lap like i and you know what because if if his money goes that means Haas f1 goes i mean shimi doesn't have a drive like you know that team is on the brink as it is without that money if he goes i don't think there's someone that can come in and bring in that money so as a sport Mm -hmm. mazepin needs to learn how to drive 
Haas needs to become uh, <laughs> Haas needs to become a credible team, um, and that's for the better of the sport. So you know, um, as, look, it was jokes today. We got our jokes off, but you know, we need we need that Haas card to be. I know even Shumi Span as well. I think so. For me, I would like to see Haas with a card that allows their drivers to put their foot on the throttle without spinning round. So let's see, but. We're going to leave it there. Guys, thank you so much. Um, Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure to be on here, man. Thank you. Uh, and where can people find you on, on social media? Cool. Um, if you just type in Peter on pole, my, 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 DJ, my DJ name is my Twitter account, which is DJ Selenki, but Peter on pole should find you there. My screen name is that. Um, oh, Peter on DJ, that's- Ooh. Yeah, do a little bit of mixing here and there, you know. Um, and uh, Did yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna say it. No, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> Pia, right? I'm a massive Arsenal fan, mm. and Pia, you are the Emirates Stadium DJ. Are yeah. you? Yeah, Pia announcer okay. and DJ. Yeah, so Pia announcer and DJ. Yeah, like, what does that entail? Like, what sort of songs are you going to be playing? So tell them what songs you play at halftime. Of lately, um, well, Joy, I always used to do this. I've been at the club now for about five years, and um, I would always play like rock music, a bit of like um, just sort of upbeat tempo for the crowd and just for the fans to get to get on there just for the for the game ahead but then lately because we've had no fans at the games um a lot of the music i played beforehand is player music so like they like their hip-hop they like their drill they like their grime so that's all my kind of side um but then also half time i'd usually play like a bit of wrestling music so some wwe action i, I got a bit of you know i, I love it's a bit so of, i love a bit of wwe myself so i grew up on mm-hmm. it um so yeah i've been playing that a few a few times and it all of a sudden just caught traction and i thought this is weird. I've been doing this for time. I don't know what, whether it's the fact everyone's at home <laughs> yeah. and they're just watching on telly and they can hear it and they're like, oh my days. But um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's been, that's that's sort of the job. And, and obviously learning player names, pronunciations of the opposite teams and stuff like that. So that's usually my homework, if you will, is to just sit and watch that games and learn really how to cool. speak. <laughs> right, it's, it, honestly, I bite, I bite my frigging like every single time I'm pinching myself, like I can't believe I've got this. Like I can't believe I'm doing this. So it's an absolute privilege for sure. And I'm an Arsenal fan too, so it helps. Oh, that's nice. That helps. Yeah. Imagine if you were an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I. Uh, I. I am. Um... So jealous of your job, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm so thankful, no, <laughs> so no thankful that you've come on. Thank you for being uh, uh, the first guest on our on a on a race review. Um, yeah. awesome. So so awesome. thank you for that, um, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure you, thank you. Uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on social media at Quick Stop F1 Instagram. Oh twitter subscribe to the youtube and obviously share this podcast about if you can but um tandy that's that's enough for me so goodbye from you goodbye from me guys thank you so much for listening shout out to everyone who's been interacting with our twitter we see you shout out to everyone who's been interacting with our instagram we see you guys too and yeah. can we like let's go let's go as uh, goodbye from me and we will see you and talk to you uh before the grand prix at imola so uh until then take care uh look after yourselves and we'll see you soon goodbye see you later bye see you later guys bye <laughs> black voices are making an impact this month and beyond keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows courtesy of Acast recommends 
The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people. I'm Nina Turner and I am unbought and unbossed. Listen to Unbossed on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com